Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome back to the Liverpool Groove. Trying something a bit different today. The first time I've done something like this. And I'm delighted to say that I am joined by Keith from the Blue Day podcast. Um, we're just going to look ahead to the new season and, and talk a little bit about that. So, Keith, thanks very much for joining me, mate. How are you? I'm very good, Jay. How, thanks for having me on. How, how's things your end? Yeah, yeah. All good. Excited for the new season, definitely. Um, I'm glad you are. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't, yeah, I can't last... say the same down south. I have to admit, <laughs> after last season, I, I don't think I blame you too much there. Um, but you know, you never know. It's uh, lots of new things happening at Chelsea, so it might be might be better for you. So, I wanted to start with with the big news today in terms of Chelsea, and obviously, Mason Mount has completed his move to Man United, sixty million pound reported. It's a good fee for someone with with a year left on his contract, but. How how are you feeling? Like he was Chelsea through and through. It must be bittersweet for you, I'd imagine. It feels like a messy divorce. That's how I see it in terms of something has gone wrong from the communication standpoint between the club and the player. I can imagine Mason wanted to stay at Chelsea for the rest of his career. But something has happened between then, probably between the new ownership because I guarantee if this was under Roman Abramovich, this would never have happened. Yeah. So something has happened behind the scenes that outsiders aren't going to know about probably for another few years until someone puts it in a book. But it seems as if Mason has been influenced by certain individuals and his decision-making has been influenced by certain people at Chelsea. It's... It is sad. It's not the end of the world because there have been players that have left Chelsea that I've been more upset about. One matter springs to mind. I was more upset when he went to Manchester United than Mason Mount has. Mount, since 2021, hasn't been the same player as he was the first two years. When the Champions League final season, he was unstoppable. And that performance in the final just showed what type of player he can be. But since then, he has not been the same player. And when you look at it from a performance standpoint, I can, again, see why Chelsea maybe looked at it and thought, we haven't seen the best of him for two years. He doesn't seem to really want to be here. Yeah. Let's cash in. And the, well, the amount of abuse that he has had through Twitter and through Instagram... I don't blame him for leaving and the way the club has been run. I don't blame him for leaving. So it's, it feels a double-edged sword. I can see, it, I can see it from both sides, but it is, it's not ended well. Not, not at all. And even with this, that ridiculous video that he put out yesterday, that everyone that knows football knows that was not done 
yesterday. That was done weeks ago. Yeah, it it, ju- it just hasn't ended well. Really hasn't ended well. And I'm probably uh, probably predicting that he's going to get a dog's ton of abuse when he returns to Chelsea for Manchester United. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It 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 it, it hasn't really come out of out of the blue. I mean, there was a report of it you know, towards the end of last season and things like that. Obviously, there was a lot of rumours that he was going to end up coming to Liverpool. Would yes. would, that have hurt, would that have hurt more if he'd gone to Liverpool or would it have... I don't think it would have made much difference. I think cer- certain people in the fan base would probably see it as more of a... more of an issue. I think they'd probably yeah. see it as more of a defection. That's just the word I'm yeah. looking for, but... It's funny because when Liverpool, I did hear that obviously Liverpool were linked, and I'm thinking, okay, he's Klopp's type of midfielder. I can partly see why he would be interested. Um, but he, him going to Man United, I don't know where he's going to fit. No, no I don't know where he's going to fit into that <laughs> midfield. I, you know, um, is he going to play as a centre? If he plays out wide, I don't think you're going to get the best out of him. But I know that, obviously, him being linked with Liverpool, there was obviously talk, a lot of talk, that he was obviously going to be the freshen up in that central midfield. So, obviously, Milner was going, there's rumours of Thiago going, and um, Oxlade-Chamberlain's gone. So, obviously, you needed fresh blood in that central midfield area. And I think Mount probably would have been ideal. But, again, whether or not it was... Contracts, whether or not it's to do with transfer fees, we'll never know. But yeah, so that one for me, out of all the players at the moment so far this summer, has probably hurt a little bit. But as I said before, it's not the end of the world because for me, he's not been the best Mason Mount that we've seen since 2021. Yeah. Um, You mentioned there, there's been a few outgoings from Chelsea, you know, Edward Mendy and Golo Kante. Yeah. Um, Hakim Ziyech and obviously Mason Mount. Do you think the right players are, are leaving at the moment? Uh, yes. Um, Ziyech hasn't left yet. Hopefully he'll go. Kovacic, we know, has gone uh, to, to Man City to warm the bench up. Um, and there's quite a few players as well that it seems are, are linked. I know Aubameyang, I'm hoping that he goes for the sake of his career as much as us watching to see him walk about on the pitch. I'm a little bit concerned that certain players are still not being linked with moves away and they need to. So, yeah, this exodus hasn't finished yet and I'm hoping it will finish before the transfer window shuts. But, you know, there's obviously talk about certain players coming in. My main focus as a Chelsea fan is to see players that have overstayed their welcome leave. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you say, it's an exodus. Um, you know, Koulibaly's gone. There's rumours of Aspilicueta going to Atletico Madrid. It, it almost seems like they're sort of making up for overspending, maybe not bringing the right players in last summer. Last summer, pardon me, French was a bit of a shit show in terms <laughs> of bringing in players. It was an absolute... Just mind-boggling. Kulabai, obviously, we needed to replace Christensen and Rudiger, but we brought in a guy who Napoli adored, but for whatever reason, just couldn't hack it in the Premier League. Well, there's yeah. there's reasons for that. 
We bring in Sterling, who Guardiola was more than happy to get rid of. Well, that's a red flag in itself for yeah. me personally. Why Guardiola would be so happy to let that guy go? Why on earth would he do anything different for our club? So the, the whole summer transfer business was just shocking. But the, the, the January one was a little bit better because there seemed to be a little bit of a plan in place. 80 million for a guy who's only played 25 professional games probably smacks of desperation in it and it probably was but as todd and his band of merry misfits see it it's an investment 80 yeah. million pounds is not wasted it is an investment so we'll see if it's money well invested at the moment it, it hasn't um but it just seems that the ownership model and i know it's completely different to other clubs because certain clubs are actually more sustainable and successful you're your club included, we just seem to have some guys that are, are too addicted to the Ted Lasso show and too addicted to Football Manager. It seems to be that sort of mix of the recruitment side. So, yeah, if you're asking me if I'm confident for the season, <laughs> probably not after the last 12 months <laughs> and this last summer. But, hey, I, listen, I've been wrong before, so... I'm hoping I'm going to be wrong again. I've got to say, Ted Lasso combined with football managers probably the absolute perfect way to describe Chelsea last season. <laughs> um, and I, I couldn't think of a better way. That's, that's brilliant. Um, like you said, it was a difficult season for Chelsea last season. From an outsider looking in, it seemed to me like the issue was was getting rid of Thomas Tuchel. From, from your perspective, obviously you're watching them every single week. What went wrong last season? In terms of Tuchel, this didn't start last season. This started the year before last when we were in the cup finals against your lot in the League Cup and the FA Cup. It was around about that time. And there was obviously rumours of Thomas Tuchel's private life that started to surface amongst the people at Cobham and players stopped performing for him because of the issues. And again, when you look, when you take your best goalie off in a cup final because the guy that you've got on the bench allegedly is a better penalty saver and he saved none of them. That's pretty crappy man management skill. So that obviously hasn't, did not help the situation and certain performances as well. When we get spanked by the likes of Brentford at home where Christian Eriksen eight months ago was dying on the pitch, literally, and he was the best player on the pitch against the European champions. Something wasn't right then. And, you know, certain results and even people that didn't get on with the manager, like Lukaku, but we don't, we don't play to the guy's strengths. He's a, he's a humongous centre forward who yeah. likes the ball in the air and we put no crosses in. We take him off or we don't play him. Lo and behold, we put crosses into the box, but we have no one there to score him. We have Kai Havertz yeah. there who doesn't want to get his hair uh, damaged when it comes to heading the ball. But so this whole thing with Tuchel started, I believe wasn't last season. It was the year before last. And I think that culminated in a summer of turmoil where we were bringing in average Joes and Tuchel was looking over thinking, what am, what am I doing here? What's going on? And certain players just, again, stopped performing for him. And, 
when you've got a, a ownership model which is new to English football, not new to sports, but new to English football, so there's a huge difference. And they bring in a substitute PE teacher to replace a winner. <sighs> the messages are all wrong. It's just complete and utterly wrong. And it just downfall from there. So I'm hoping this new appointment's going to be right with Pochettino. He seems to, uh, you know, He's saying the right things, which is probably a good thing at the moment because it's keeping yeah. Chelsea fans on side. We'll see come the first game of the season against your lot at the bridge. We'll see what happens with Poch's tenure from there. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've brought in a couple of players so far, the big names obviously being uh, Nicholas Jackson, Christopher and Kunku. Um, are you looking forward to seeing them two at least in a, in a Chelsea shirt? And Koo, I hate to be pessimistic. I really do. And Kuku just reminds me of a French version of Timo Werner. He's coming from Leipzig. He's got this great reputation. They're saying that he's, you know, he's great at scoring goals. He's great at doing this. He's great at doing that. Well, Timo Werner was the same. And look what happened there. Well, again, a guy that we didn't play to his strengths. He bring him as a striker. He play him out wide. Why? Yeah. And Kuku's not a striker. He's he's a winger. He's an inside forward. He's somebody who likes to cut in. He's similar. He's got a little bit of traits like Iron Robin, whereby he, he likes to cut in. He likes to ball at his feet. I have this horrible feeling we're going to play him as a striker. He ain't a striker. Nicholas Jackson worries me a little bit. This is a guy that was allegedly very close to signing for Bournemouth in January, but then failed a medical. We bring him in for a lot of money which is not what Bournemouth were going to pay. But we obviously, we spent more than the, and we even spent more than the release clause. I think we're the only club in Europe that is more than happy to pay more than what the actual release clause is. I don't think any other club actually does business like that, apart from <laughs> our lot. I didn't um, know that. Actually. <laughs> and, and, and just, 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 just another masterpiece of football management material here. But, I don't know. I haven't. I haven't seen enough of this Nicholas Jackson to make a huge, detailed account of him. I hope he gets the ground running. I'm not expecting anything instant because, you know as well as I do, when strikers come into the Premier League, it's a whole new ball game and it takes time for them to get used to the Premier League, and you're not going to see the best of that player possibly maybe until the season after. Is that what we need right now? No, but it's what we're looking to do. We're bringing in a, a whole host of players under the age of 24, 25, stockpiling players and giving them eight-year contracts. That might be an American model. That might suit the Americans. It don't suit English football. Yeah. I mean, it, I think it just makes them harder to get rid of if it doesn't work out. Um, because, you know, these players are coming in, like say, eight-year deals on big money. If yeah. they're not playing... A lot of them, you know, football's changing and a lot of these players will just be happy to sit there on big wages. Yes. Um, so it's 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 high risk but high reward, I think. If that's that's I think that's what they've got in mind, at least anyway. Um on our side of things, obviously we've signed Alexis McAllister, uh mm-hmm. Dominic Soberslay. From an outsider looking in to Liverpool, how well do you expect them to do for Liverpool? I like the lad that you bought from Leipzig. Again, he's one that I would have actually hoped to, to have signed. He's, I know he's been sort of around 
a while. I know he was at RB Salzburg as well, I believe, as well. So then he'd yeah. been signed for Leipzig. But very, very talented player. And again, he's Klopp's type of midfielder. He's somebody that I think Klopp's going to enjoy working with. He's obviously an improvement on what you've had. McAllister, he's he's an interesting one. He's somebody who he's a he's a little magician. He's somebody that doesn't want the limelight, but when he's got it, my God, can he play? And it'll it'll be interesting. He's obviously the what you had in Mane, Salah, and Firmino. I think that's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot of money and a lot of time to replace in terms of the quality. So he's obviously trying to do it slowly, which is obviously what he did beforehand when, when he first got to Liverpool. And the differences between him and 90% of the managers in the Premier League, he's going to be given time to do that. Because I can't see, for the life of me, Liverpool fans deciding to go against him or the Liverpool board going against him if, if it don't work out. I would say, though, that from an outsider looking in, I do think you need to improve the, the forward line and I do think you do need to improve the defence a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's a nice little segue there to my next question. So there's been a lot of speculation surrounding Levi Colwell. Um, obviously, he's had a great season at Brighton. Yeah. been heavily linked to Liverpool again. What is the hype around him justified? Well, funny enough, I haven't heard any rumours of him going to Liverpool. Again, I think I believe there would probably be people rioting outside Chelsea with pitchforks a lot if Todd and his band of Merry Misfits decided to sell Colwell to Liverpool. Bearing in mind, we sold Havertz to Arsenal, Mount to United and Kovacic to City. I think there'll be quite a few riots near SW6, but if that ever happens. <laughs> Colwell... <sighs> It's a it's a fascinating one because people are liking him to Terry, which I think is unfair on the lad. He he's a young guy. He's got the whole future ahead of him. Chelsea are obviously a little bit desperate to keep him because they know that big clubs are going to be circulating, and they're going to be obviously wanting to poach him. Defensively, he's he's basically a, a, an all round defender, but the old school style of Defend first, then play. Nowadays, you've got centre-backs, and I don't mind ball-playing centre-backs. Virgil van Dijk springs to mind when it comes to ball-playing centre-backs. I don't mind ball-playing centre-backs. I would prefer my centre-backs to be like a Terry or like an Adams. Yeah. A Tony Adams, whereby defend first, ball far over the other side of the pitch as quick as you can. Colwell is a bit of a blend of both. He loves to defend, but he also knows how to play with the ball and he can also obviously move out into midfield to push the ball forward. I think that I can see why obviously big clubs are looking at him and obviously Brighton, bless them, try to put in a bid of 40 to 45 million. He ain't going to go to Brighton. If he was to leave Chelsea, he would go to somewhere that would compete with Chelsea for trophies, excuse me, someone like Liverpool or City. God forbid, even Arsenal. But he's a fabulous player. I'd love to see him stay at Chelsea at least for one season, just to give him a chance. Because him working under Thiago Silva, 
would probably be better for Levi Colwell in his career than any other central defender in the Premier League. Yeah, obviously he's got that vast experience. Yeah. Uh, no one really comes close to him in that sense in the league. He's won pretty much everything that is to win. So yeah, I mean, absolutely, he's and I think he can still play. He for for a club yeah, of Chelsea's stature, and bearing in mind he's nearly forty, he was our best defender and he won Player of the Year. So that tells you that tells you how bad we were from a defensive point. But the young defenders could learn so much from the guy and it just sort of feels to me that for Levi's benefit you are going to play week in week out I'm sure of it stay at Chelsea learn off Thiago and if the big if Chelsea for whatever reason don't finish in the top six for example and other clubs come knocking by all means there's the door yeah yeah absolutely it seems seems a sensible choice at the moment I think you've got to give You've got to give Pochettino a chance to get his back, where obviously everyone's used to Chelsea being really over the past 20 years. Yeah. Um, it's always a, it's a strange feeling when Chelsea, I mean, I don't think anybody's seen Chelsea having the season he did last season. So um, I think it'll be a different story under Pochettino. For you, what would represent a successful first season under Pochettino? I won't say top four. I This is partly a little rant. I hate people when they say our objective is to get top four. That's not an objective. I, you know, that's not winning something. I'd rather win a trophy than have aspirations to get top four. If we get top four, it means I want to be challenging for the league title. If we don't win the league, but we finish second, yeah, that's fine. That you know, That's acceptable. For Chelsea, for, for, for me, our squad is still very light in terms of quality and in numbers. I think we'll finish above Tottenham, which I don't think many, well, I think many clubs will actually say that, to be honest with you, for this season. <laughs> um, me, personally, I would be happy with at least a European finish. I'd be happy to at least finish in the European places. If we was to reach maybe the, the final of the League Cup or final of the FA Cup, if we win it, great, you know, it's it's better than what we thought of from this this past season. But in terms of league positionings, I would be very happy with a European place. If it's the Europa Conference League, I'll be happy with that. I've never been to Gibraltar to to see Chelsea away. <laughs> I've never seen I've never seen Chelsea play at Norway. I've never seen Chelsea play at Uzbekistan. That'll be great. Fine, go to Europa. By all means, I I applaud the Europa Conference League. It's good enough for West Ham. It's good enough for us. So, yeah, by all means, European place, I, I, I would be happy with. But I just want us to compete. That's That would be my main objective. I want us to be better against the top sides like yourselves, like City, like United. Our home record against the so-called big teams is shocking. It is poor. And I want that to improve. We haven't beaten one of the top sides at our place for such a long time, it's embarrassing. Yeah. Um, now, I mean, you can't turn your nose up at a, at a trophy, can you, these days? If, if West Ham are uh, winning European trophies, then it's, uh, it, it just shows that times are changing and it might only be the Europa Conference League, but, you know, 
it's like I say, it's a, it's a trophy. It's a, it's a big thing. Well, it, it, it gets them in the Europa League. I love the fact that West Ham did win, not because I like West Ham, but the fact that they rubbed the noses in it of Tottenham. And that made me smile because I'm thinking, we, we have had a bad season, but Tottenham have had a bad season. And so it's, it, it's, it's not all bad, you know? It could be worse. <laughs> so, you know, to be honest, it also depends on who, who we buy as well. I know Chelsea are linked with, you know, a, a two dozen players at the moment. Because of this, you know, hopefully with the money coming in with the outgoings, but it all depends on who we get. I would like to see if we can get a European finish, but as long as we're competitive and we're not going to the likes of Forest and scraping a draw or the likes of, you know, the new boys Luton and scraping a 1 0 win, yeah, that's not, again, with all due respect, that's not us. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, the same could be said for Liverpool. I think for the majority of last season, we were, I think for Liverpool, we were just massively inconsistent last season. Um, we'd win a game and then we'd lose a game and then we'd win a game. And it was just that all season. And we managed to just about nearly, well, nearly turn it around at the end of the season, but not quite. But um, there's a lot of improvement for a lot of big teams next season. I think there's, yeah. if you'd asked a lot of big teams in last season, they won't be happy with how the season played out. Um, final question then what's your bold prediction for Chelsea this season <laughs> carnage and Armageddon <laughs> uh, no um... <laughs> oh good lord <sighs> not as bad as the season just gone. I, I can't see us finishing bottom half. I mean, if we, if we do end up finishing bottom half, Poch has only had one season. Um, I think in terms of the league overall, I think it'll be the same. I think City will probably dominate it and there'll be a chasing pack. Um, you know, Arsenal have recruited well, depends on how they get on. United, yeah. Your boys, I think, will probably be the teams that will be competing for the Champions League places. Newcastle, I don't think will finish in the top four again. I think they'll be too looking at. I think they'll be too starry-eyed on the Champions League, and they'll yeah. be too looking at. You know that that's where we want to go, but obviously they'll be too inconsistent in the Premier League. Be interesting with Aston Villa as well. The likes of Aston Villa, Brentford and teams like that. See how they get on. But for us, I think there'll still be some struggles. I still think there'll be some dodgy results. But as long as Poch gets the team playing and as long as fans start leaving the ground with smiles on their faces rather than leave within an hour of of the last game of the season. And then by the time the players done their lap of appreciation, even though there's nothing to appreciate, there was hardly anybody there. So I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping for at least a better start and end to the season. That's the only thing I can hope for. But the other, uh, the other thing I'm hopeful of is Christian Pulisic leaving. If that guy (laughs) leaves, I will be a very, very happy man. That guy (laughs) needs to leave quick. Get his Captain America suit on and just, Fly away. Go anywhere. I don't care where. <laughs> Just needs to go. You might get your wish sooner rather than later if uh, rumours are to be believed. 
So hopefully, if AC Milan could listen, AC Milan have got the money now. So if they've got the money, buy him. I don't care. Twenty million pounds, twenty quid. Just let him go. <laughs> that how this is this is partly linked with Liverpool. That guy gets more of an ovation at Chelsea than the Beatles would if in a concert. That guy, when he came on the pitch through the American corporate people, when he came on off the bench, bearing in mind it was only like two minutes in a game, standing ovation and everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, seriously? And the guy behind me said it was like the Beatles turned up in America. It was just mind boggles. But that guy is robbing us blind because the guy can't play. No, he's there. Uh, Going rent not... over. I've had a lot of rents <laughs> over this season, so I no, apologise. He's, he's not going to. I think the only time he's ever turned up was um that game just after uh, the game where Liverpool celebrated winning the league, and he yes. come on and absolutely yeah. ruined us, and uh, and nearly got his back and, and nearly won his the game. Sad, I don't think I've ever really seen him do anything. So um... <laughs> it was it was the COVID, it was the COVID pandemic. That little spell yeah, yeah. where he was he was on fire. He was brilliant. He then picked up an injury in the FA Cup final against Arsenal, and he's gone missing ever since. You know, I'm I'm expecting his picture to be on the, you know the side of milk cartons soon. I'm surprised they haven't <laughs> already because he's been missing since then. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, look, Keith, thanks very much for joining me, mate. I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you very much uh, for asking me. It's, it's been hope, a pleasure to come on. Not a problem. Hope the season is more enjoyable for you next season, apart from, obviously, when you play Liverpool. <laughs> we'll see how that goes, but I don't think that'll be a football match. I think that'll be the... I, I, I believe that'll be a circus that Liverpool will be attending. <laughs> so, enjoy it, nonetheless. Uh, nice one, mate. I appreciate your time. Take it easy. Sports Social Podcast Network.